things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Something's got to stop. It's just got to stop. Okay? Emasculation is not a good thing. That's right. I said it. You heard me. Men and ladies, listen and listen good today. More than ever before, the gloves need to come off. It's time. The Stephen A. Smith Show right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very, very least, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on this YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, the Stephen A. Smith Show. Always happy to be here. I'm on vacation from my day job over the next couple of weeks, but at least for the next couple of days, I'll be right here before, you know what, I take, you know, a vacation to an undisclosed uh, tropical location. But until then, I am here. And as usual, I'm very, very thankful to be here in our studio. Thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, the subscribers keep growing and growing and growing. We're approaching 230,000 subscribers. Obviously, the number keeps climbing. There's no me without y'all. There's no me without y'all. And so I thank y'all from the bottom of my heart for continuing to support this show. And I ask that you continue to do exactly what you've been doing. Subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Make sure to click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. Whenever we provide it, go ahead and click on it. You keep coming, I'm going to keep bringing it. We all know where I'm starting off today's show. We all know where I'm starting off today's show. Because it's necessary, okay? This whole Kiki Palmer thing that's been going on, everybody's been going off about it and what have you, because Kiki Palmer, who, by the way, is an absolute star and a stud, um, and usually that is reserved for men, but in this particular case, I'm going to say her, because she's just ultra-talented. She really, really is. I mean, I'm just looking at some of her resume. Outstanding actress in a short-form comedy or drama series, Primetime Emmy Award 2022. Kiki's turned up with the Taylors. Five NAACP Image Awards, nominations for a Daytime Emmy Award and a Screen Actors Guild Award. Time Magazine included her on a list of most influential people in the world in 2019. She's been around a long time. She's 29 years of age. She's an absolutely, positively spectacular talent, Okay. She is somebody that's been around. She was on ABC last year. Okay, I don't know why they got this recording in my ear. Get it out my ear, please. Thank you very much. The point is, is that she's been around for a while. She's been doing a great, great job. Um, I think she's a lovely person. She's an absolutely wonderful, lovely talent. I am not here to judge her in any way. She shows up to the Usher concert, concert all right, in Las Vegas a few days ago. Four months after giving birth to her son, Leo. Congratulations on that. And she ruffled a few feathers. 
And she ruffled a few feathers because of the outfit that she showed up in, okay? And I shouldn't say a few feathers. She, as far as I'm concerned, she ruffled the only feather that should matter. The only feather that should matter. And that is of her man, the father of her child, whose name happens to be a Mr. Darius Jackson. Here's what I have to say to Kiki Palmer. None of my damn business. It's between you and your man. And for everybody out there, in terms of the personal, intimate relationship that she has with her man, mind your damn business. Everybody want to be in somebody else's bedroom. What about your bedroom? How's your bedroom doing? Mind your damn business, okay? Stop getting in between this stuff. It's none of our business, all right? I understand she was in a public setting and you can have whatever comments that you can have about her. I fault her man for one thing and one thing only. Because what she had on this outfit, all right, there's no other way to show it. say this. Literally, not figuratively, literally she showed her ass. No other way to say it. I mean, it's literally true. It's literally true. That's exactly what she showed with the outfit. It was exposed for the world to see. And before I go any further, my man Jay, could you put that video up, please, in case anybody thinks I'm lying about it? I'm literally not exaggerating. Play that for us, please. That is Kiki Palmer, who is a phenomenal actress. She could sing her tail off. Um, She's just a star, okay? And I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of hers. Always have been and always will be. That ain't changing. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, let me say this. If I were her man, ain't no way in hell I would approve of that. I would not like I would not have liked that one bit. That's for me. That ain't for the public. That's for me. Ain't nobody else in public getting that. That's for me. That's just me. Okay? So her man feeling the way that he felt, I understand. As he said, it's the outfit though. You a mom. That's what he said. And then when he was taking heat because trolls everywhere was going after him, he said, we live in a generation where a man of the family doesn't want the wife and mother of his kids to showcase booty cheeks to please others. And he gets told how much of a hater he is. This is my family and my representation. I have standards and morals to what I believe. I rest my case. Ladies and gentlemen. And this is a message, especially to the ladies out there. That man is entitled to his feelings. Now, I disagree with him saying it publicly. 
He had no business doing that. Darius Jackson's none of our business. You shouldn't have said that to her for us to see. You should have waited till she got home and addressed it with her privately. Okay? That's what you should have done. And for those that are sitting up there looking at it, I got something for you later that I'll expose to you. But for the moment, at this, at this particular moment in time, that's the only problem I had with him. Outside of that, forget Kiki and Darius Jackson. That's their personal life. That's their personal business. I'm doing a podcast today because I wanted to look at y'all. It's specifically, specifically couples, but especially the ladies, not just the ladies, men too, but especially the ladies. I mean, can we say anything? Can we say anything? I'm reading comments. He had no right to say what he said. Yes, the hell he does. Yes, he does. That's his woman. A man does not have a right to say that to Kiki Palmer. Her man does. The man she loves. The man she chose. The man she professed her love to publicly and privately. The man she just had a child with. That's her man. If he can't say anything to her, what can he say? That's the world we living in now. We living in a world where you, that's your woman. She has publicly stated, that's my man. They have a beautiful four-year-old son. That's our son. He can't say anything to the mother of his child. Now it's again, not publicly. Not publicly. But privately, he can't say anything. I got a better question for you. When y'all going to stop lying? When y'all going to stop lying? You trying to tell me as women, you don't complain to your man? That's what we supposed to believe now? That's what we supposed to believe. That your man could go out in public with his ass showing and you cool with that. Or something else showing. And you cool with that. Hell, let's say he's fully clothed. And you want to go out to dinner. And he dressed in a clown suit. You ain't going to say anything? Oh, he could dress the way he wants to dress. He could do what he wants to do. He could say what he wants to say. Who am I? What woman does that? Who is she? I've never met her. I've never met her. Ever. I was raised by five women. I have four older sisters and a mama. God rest her wonderful soul. She passed away in 2017. I miss every minute of every day. I have never seen a woman in my life. I have had female bosses. I have female colleagues. I have female friends. Obviously, lovers, because I must confess, I have fornicated in my lifetime. Yeah, it's true. Sorry to break it to you. I have. Okay? I've I've known women all my life. Years ago, I had 90 living relatives left. 80 were women. I have been surrounded with women all my life. I have never, ever heard a woman Never complain. Nor have I heard a man who never complained. Humans have preferences. That's the society that we're living in now. That man can't have a problem. Again, he shouldn't have said anything publicly. Not a word. That's his private 
business between him and Kiki. It's not for us to judge. Kiki, you looked fabulous. Just having a baby four months ago, you looked spectacular. You go on, girl. Ain't nobody hating on you this way. Special, sweetheart. Congratulations on motherhood, your illustrious career that's going to continue to grow and grow and grow because you're a phenomenal talent. I'm not throwing any shade on you. But your man has a right to if he wants to. Privately. If he sat up there and showed up in a clown suit and did something that you deemed inappropriate, meaning Kiki or any other woman out there, you ain't going to say anything, huh? He can just do what he wants to do. That's what we're trying to project in our society today with your lying selves. You know that's not true. We say stuff all the time. I got a problem with the world sitting up there standing up acting like this man can't complain. That's his woman. He doesn't own her. He doesn't hold her. I had this woman, Janice Armstrong, for the formerly of the Philadelphia Daily News. I saw her text, or, or I'm sorry, some comment she made on social media. Janice was a, a, a wonderful, Miss Armstrong was a wonderful, wonderful reporter. She's a wonderful person. I'm throwing no shade on this. She was always sweet to me, and I've always adored her. I haven't seen her in many years. God bless you. I hope you're well. But I read your comment. A man doesn't have a right. To tell a woman anything? Well, damn. What kind of relationship is that? What are we going to say next, y'all? She wants to go outside or you want to go outside butt naked in public and your significant other, even though y'all are not married, just because y'all are not married, you don't have a right to tell her what to say or what to wear or whatever. What world are you living in? Somebody got to say it, so I'm going to say it. It's time. There's only two types of people that got a problem with Darius Jackson and what he said. Shouldn't have said it publicly, but I'm talking about his overall thoughts. It's only two types. Somebody that don't have a man or somebody that don't want one. It's only two. There's no way on earth that you can sit up there and say, he has no right to say anything. That's not practical. That's not real. That's not authentic. That's a lie. So he's not supposed to have moral standards, morals and standards. And oh, by the way, you're going to sit up there and say, well, his moral standards doesn't necessarily mean it's her moral standards. They're a couple. They're a couple who just had a child together four months ago. He shouldn't have said a word publicly. Because that's just not the right thing to do. And if you don't believe me, Colossians 3, verse 18. I'm going biblical on y'all right now. I'm going biblical. That's right, Stephen ain't going biblical. That's what y'all forced me to do. Allow me to read. It's from the Bible. It's from the Bible, okay? Are you ready? Wives, wives, this is the Bible, not Stephen A. Smith. I'm just reading, y'all. Jay, Gaff, Smatra, Ash. I'm just reading. I'm just reading. I'm reading from the Bible. You got a problem? Take it up with the good Lord. When me, I'm reading. Wives, submit to the, your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. And do not be harsh 
with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. That's the Bible. Now, there's a second place. I gave you the good Lord. The Lord said, I did that. Now, I'm going to go to personal reference. On the line with us right now is my youngest sister. I am the youngest, but she's my youngest of my four sisters. She's a, she's my chef on the NBA and Stephen A's world when I'm on ESPN. Okay. And now she is on the show right now because I needed to ask her a couple of questions because I didn't want y'all just thinking that I given you the male perspective. Okay. Carmen Smith, my sister. What's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, sis? I love the fact you referenced the Bible. That's good right. Thing. That's well, well, listen, you're looking, just, <laughs> as, as I always tell you, you're looking just as good as you want to look. You know what I'm I got to give you credit <laughs> what credit is due. My sister's looking gorgeous. Comment, <laughs> comment, because I'm your little brother, you've been with me all my life. Um, if my woman went out in public with a booty exposed, what would my mother have said and what would my sisters have said? If your woman went out with their booty exposed. That's right. For one thing, that wouldn't have happened because you wouldn't have let her come out the front door. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of true. It's kind of true. But continue. continue. Yeah, go ahead. And then if you went on to say something publicly about it and tweet it on social media no. about it, Ma would have a problem with that. Yes. Ma would have a problem because, for one thing, that information is private and should be kept private we between agree. the couple. We agree totally. Yes. He 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 can tell her. Why is he, he doesn't need to tell everyone else. Everyone mm. else is not living with her, does not have to, you know, you're not a couple with her. Mm. He is. Right. So that's. Their argument. Okay, but, uh, but, but but before you go any further, I need you to look a little bit to your left. You don't need to look right there because you're looking away from my audience. Look a little bit. Oh, there you sorry. go. Just look straight way, to your left. Look this... a little look a little bit to your left, and you good. Just look a little bit to your left. That's all. You good right there. Just look 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 a little bit down, a little down and to your left, and then you looking right at your brother. Okay. Now here's my point. We know he was wrong. We know he was wrong, and he shouldn't have publicized their business. That's true. But in terms of how he feels as a guy, does he have a right to tell his lady privately, nah, that's not how we roll. We're not doing that. Does he have a right to do that? Of course he does. That's their relationship. I believe he, if that's something he doesn't like, if there's something I'm cooking and say who I'm with doesn't like it, and he tells me he doesn't like it, I turn around and do it again, I'm not respecting the things he likes. Mm -hmm. So how do you expect to have this relationship grow? Mm -hmm. You're not going to have it grow because you're not doing the things I, I like. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, Carmen, you do have a lot of ladies out there 
in today's world that are looking at it and they're saying stuff like, uh, who does he think he is? And and they're calling him names and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to find out here where they, they're calling him the bread loser. Told him he oh, should no. st- told him he should stay in his lane. They're telling oh, Darius wow. Jackson they're calling him controlling. Told him to finish doing his day job, arranging the dates on oh. the breast milk, and shut up. This is the kind of stuff that's being said oh. about him, which was why he shut down his Twitter account for that day. I would ask you, sis, what are you to make? My final question to you is that as a lady, obviously it, it helped raise your little brother, by the way, and stuff like that. I mean. I mean, how do you feel about women who feel men shouldn't have anything to say about anything a woman has to do, even if it's their woman in their personal relationship? To that, you say what, sister? Don't be with them. If you feel that you should go out there and dress the way you want to dress, why be with them? Go find somebody else that likes you looking the way you want. And get, guess what? Listen, Kiki looked fabulous. She did. I love her. She, I mean, but to me, it, it goes back to being private. If that's something he doesn't mind, then go for it. She mm-hmm. looked wonderful. And yes. especially just ha- after having a baby. But honestly, I think those women on social media should stop it. Stop meddling. I mean, I'm sure you have things that you can worry about with yourself. Why are you worrying about someone else? Yeah, yeah. Because they went to, I mean, you know, ain't got better things to do. I guess all I'm trying to say, see, to me, this discussion is not about Kiki and her man or their personal relationship. It's about this notion that people have out there. We've gotten to a point where men can't say a damn thing. We can't say anything. And I'm like, just wait a minute. I can't, I can't, I can't sit up there and say, if I don't like Carmen, listen, will you tell these people, if I don't like some Carmen, you're my sister. You're my sister. Abigail's my sister. Linda's my sister. Arlen's my sister. You know Mama God rest her soul when she was alive. She was the absolute boss. You understand what I'm saying? Carmen, if I didn't like something that y'all were wearing, if I didn't like how y'all looked, or vice versa, y'all didn't like something I was wearing, how I looked, what would we do to each other? Comment about it and tell our opinion. But that's in the house. That's right. That stayed in the house. We didn't go outside to the neighbor's or, you know, it wasn't social media as much as it is now, but we didn't go on social media. We didn't talk about it outside the house. And that, to me, is where all these comments are able to come in and infiltrate their relationship. There you go. Appreciate it, sis. Thank you so much. I got to finish this show. Thank you, sis. (laughs) Did I do good? You did. You did I. You did I. We'll talk later. (laughs) <laughs> love you girl right. I'll talk to you later and she it, she's absolutely my sister's absolutely right of course it's a private matter and all of that other stuff but Kiki did make it somewhat public because she did what she did publicly okay and a uh, uh, man made it worse because he commented publicly that was problematic but I also want to get into a bigger point because nobody wants to bring this up so I'm going to bring this up okay let me read some numbers to y'all alright because it's important that you know all of this okay uh, did you know that Recent U.S. data lists that there are 168.8 million females compared to 162.7 million men. Listen up, fellas. This is important. Listen up, ladies, because this is important. Y'all outnumber the men by six million. Six million. By the way, that doesn't take into account the LGBTQ community. 
It doesn't take into account that incarceration rate that I told you, 38% white, 38% black, of the 1.9 million people in this country incarcerated. Okay, don't take that into account. I'm just talking about that. That alone, y'all outnumber us by 6 million. Okay, just want you to know that, okay? There's 6 million more of y'all than there is of us. Um, There are 10.9 million single parent families in the United States. 80% are headed by single mothers, 20% by single fathers. Think about that for a second because your relationship matters, right? Y'all, you want to work it out. You want to stay together, right? Something's wrong with that picture. Today, one in five children under the age of 18, a total of about 15.7 million, are being raised without a father. I want you to want you to want to point that out. I want you to think about that. A little less than 50% of children are raised by single mothers or boys. Between 1970 and 2022, the proportion of children living with their mothers in single-parent households increased from 29.5% to 45.6% for black children and 7.8% to 16.7% for white children. Just wanted y'all to know, because when y'all running y'all mouth, y'all trying to recreate division and a divide and all of that other stuff in y'all world, y'all might want to break up families for crying out loud. These are the kind of statistics that you end up having. So I thought I'd throw that out. By the way, I ain't even bring up homicides. Male homicides, 17,185 total homicides. 60% of them, 10,285 are black men. When y'all are crucifying Darius Jackson, I just want you to know that. I'm just saying, what else is going to, what else is next? Can men say anything? Anything? I love Kiki Palmer. You ain't going to get no shade thrown on her for me. And women out there who want to do what you want to do, you have every right to do what you want to do in terms of from the general populace. But your man, the one you chose, the one you love, the one you're dedicated to, the one you're committed to, the one you're building a family with, he's got some say. Because you certainly do. There is no woman alive who can convince me she's never complained about her man. There's no woman alive that can convince me of that. It's universally understood. Universally. We don't tear y'all up because of it. We accept it. Usually because you're right. And we need to do better. And y'all are our better half. And no matter what we are as men, it is nothing compared to when we have the right woman and a good woman by our side. Deep in the crevices of our soul, we know y'all are the better part of us. Without question. But does that mean we have to be completely emasculated, stripped of any kind of potency whatsoever? We can't say nothing. We can't do it. That's why I'm using the double negative being grammatically incorrect on purpose. We can't say nothing. We can't do nothing. I mean, damn. Y'all sitting there talking about Darius Jackson like that? Here's my retort in favor of the brother. He did something right. Because Kiki Palmer's a hell of a woman. With a sensational future ahead of her. And she chose him. Not just to be with him. But to give birth to a beautiful baby boy. With him. He must not be all bad. Cut the brother a little slack. Just a little bit. 
Meaning at the rate some of y'all sound, you just you ain't gonna be satisfied until men are completely gone. At least had a decency to admit it. That's just the first thing that I wanted to talk about. I got a whole bunch of stuff to get into. I got Damian Lillard to get into. I got sorry, no good, convicted, sexual predator Larry Nassar to get into, along with a bunch of other stuff. Don't touch that dial. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you as I love to do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. Um, my apologies to our uh, Pastor A.R. Bernard Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn, New York. My pastor, who I love dearly and known for over 30 years, my spiritual father, um, he prays for me every day. Lord knows I need it. Um, and the latest, um, I said, uh, Colossians, it's Colossians. Colossians. Colossians? Colossians. Colossians. I apologize, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Just wanted to throw that in there. Moving on. <clears throat> want to get in the world of sports because the UFC made some noise. And before I even get into that, by the way, let me just say thank you again, um, because I'm just looking at my, my, my subscribers and the numbers just keep growing and growing and growing. It's blowing up. And um, I don't even know what to say. I can, all I can do is say thank you. It's approaching 230,000 uh, subscribers. And um, thank you. There's no me without y'all. Can't do it without y'all, so thank you so much. Subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Keep doing that. Make sure to click the bell to get notified for all of our new content. And I'll make sure to um, add you to the mix. And by the way, if you've got questions, again, set up a live phone line and all of that stuff. Got emails and social media stuff that I can grasp, that I can grasp to answer your questions and stuff like that. Because I love interacting with the audience. I ain't scared. Ain't nobody hiding, okay? You got questions, put them in the chat. Or call the voice line at 646-SAS-0769 at 646-727-0769. I need my producer's help here. Drikas? Drikas. Duplessis? What is it? it? Duplessis. Drikas Duplessis. He is a middleweight contender. Won a fight. Uh, with a a stunning second-round knockout on Saturday night um, and has elevated himself to being the number one UFC middleweight contender to the title that is presently held by the champion, Israel Adesanya. Um, Adesanya, um, obviously, uh, is a sensational fighter. I love him personally. Um, He's an acquired taste in a lot of people's eyes. Um, Doesn't know how to really, really watch his mouth speak his mind and Cusses a lot, says the N-word a few times, stuff like that. I mean, normally we would try to omit that or delete that out, but we're incapable of doing so. But you need to hear uh, what transpired because after uh, Duplessis uh, won the fight, Duplessis rather won the fight, um, Adesanya stepped into the octagon following the fight and let loose a series of expletives, apparently uh, saved up 
for his face, you know, to say so in his face. The plus he is South African. Um, and the two didn't come to blows, but the language on display, uh, dare I say, lent an ugly racial undertone to the upcoming fight because Duplessis said, I'm I'm the real African here, not you. That's what he said. And Adesanya, verbally that is, went ballistic. He had promised UFC President Dana White that nothing physical would transpire, but he didn't say that he was going to be PC or G-rated or PG-rated. I'll tell you that much. And certainly he was not here. Look for yourself. Chill, chill, chill. That's right. We're fine. Relax, relax, relax. This is my African brother right here. Let's go, nigga. What's up, bitch? Let's go, nigga. Yeah, nigga. What's up, nigga? Get this the shit fuck up. What you gonna do, nigga? Yeah, my African brother. Yeah, my African brother. What's up, nigga? I'm yeah. African, but I ain't What's no up? brother of your hey, son. You my nigga. Let's go. You my nigga for real. I'll show you. So, what are you saying to everybody in New Zealand? What are you saying? I'll tell you one thing. Yo, I don't need a DNA test. I don't need a 36 and me to know where I'm from. You, you know, even if I do a 26 and me, those half from Nigeria, do a 26 and me DNA test, it'll tell you where you're from. I will show you where you're from. Wow. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people had a problem with that. It's uncomfortable to watch, particularly in this day and age in the world that we're living in, no doubt about it. And when you consider the fact that Adesanya was in the face of a South African fighter, um, we know what that connotates. You talk about apartheid. We know the history of apartheid with Nelson Mandela being in jail for 27 years. We know what that is. Um, But if you're expecting me to denigrate or insult Israel Adesanya in any way, you got another thing coming. I wouldn't have done it. I would have preferred he had not spewed the N-word all over the place like that. But I want to share this with y'all. Inside the ring or the octagon, if there's ever a place where we got to shove that aside and not be too judgmental. It's with fighters. I heard a reporter asking Dana and Dana was like, please, I forget the quote that he gave. But you know what? This is the fight business. And Dana, right? Dana White is right. And whatever it takes for you as a fighter to have whatever edge that you need to do, as long as it's legal and you didn't harm anybody. It's something that we got to live with. Adesanya is looking at this brother, this dude from South Africa, and the South Africans like, you know what? I'm, we both from South Africa. He said, we're from Africa, but you ain't no brother of mine. You know, when you think about the history of South Africa, you know, you, you, you're a black person. You don't take that differently. Now, obviously, he didn't instigate it. Adesanya instigated it with what he was saying, but clearly they met before. Clearly they talked before. Clearly there's some animosity before, and it ain't just some damn promotion. You talk to Adesanya, you listen to this brother speak. He's a real one. And if that's the edge that he has and that's the edge that he has to bring, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Because he's the one that's got to step in that octagon. He's the one that's putting his life on the line every time he steps up in there. 
And whatever animosity and fury that he has to gumption up to make sure that he's on his A game, that's what he's got to do. As long as it's just words. It's unfortunate that those are those words, but that's who he is. When Joe Rogan took some heat because of what he had said a decade ago or whatever the case may be, Adesanya was one of the first people to come to his defense and talked about what a, do, what a great dude Joe Rogan is and what he's done for the sport, et cetera, et cetera. And all of us deserve to be forgiven because all of us make mistakes. None of us are perfect. But when it comes to fighters, I mean, granted, it's very uncomfortable listening to it, but it's acceptable for one of the fighters. Dana White didn't say that. Joe, you know, I, I mean, he didn't do that. It's the actual fighter that's got to get into the ring with a South African. And I got news for you. Fair or unfair, there's a lot of black people. When you hear somebody, when you see somebody white and you hear that they're from South Africa, you raise your eyebrow because of history. Like recent history. Parts I didn't end a century ago. So you just got to accept that. Adesanya is a great one. And I was so happy he recaptured the, the middleweight championship. He's special. And he's giving you no indication that when he steps into the octagon, he's not going to back up what the hell he's saying and he doesn't mean what he says. Now, again, it's uncomfortable. I wouldn't advise anybody else to say that. I'm not going to show that video again. All of that other stuff is true. But the brother's special. Let's remember that. Somebody who isn't special is Larry Nasser. Larry Nasser is the former um, doctor at Michigan State who was um, convicted um, on multiple crimes uh, against, against women. This is one of the most despicable human beings we've ever seen in our lifetimes. NASA had three different prison sentences between 2017 and 2018 based on different charges, child pornography, sexually assaulting gymnasts, and sexual assault in Eaton County, Michigan. On the order of the judge in charge of the federal case, his state prison sentences were to run consecutively with his federal sentence. So the easiest way to frame this for y'all, the man was sentenced to 175 years in prison. He's never getting out of jail in his natural life. He sexually assaulted 156 women, including Olympic gymnast who had testified against him, Simone Biles, Ali Raceman, Michaeli Maroney, Gabby Douglas, Jordan Weber, Kyla Ross, Madison Koshin, just to name a few. In total, he was accused of sexual abuse by more than 330 women and girls at USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University. Investigators said NASA had at least 37,000 videos and images of child pornography, including images of prepubescent children engaged in sex acts. And so news came out that yesterday, Sunday afternoon at approximately 2.30, he was stabbed. Stabbed in the back a couple of times, stabbed in the chest about six times. I mean, when I shed a tear, I'll be the first to let you know. 
I am happy. They said he had a collapsed lung. I am happy he didn't die. Death is too good for him. I want him alive as long as he can stay alive. I want him to suffer. Not the most Christian thing to say, but damn it, it's how I feel. This is one of the most despicable human beings this nation has ever known. And I'm not going to lie to you. He deserves to get his ass kicked every day. It's not a popular thing to say, but if he was thrown to the bottom of a jail cell with the sodomites, it would actually be apropos. Considering what he did to all these women. Ain't no sympathy for him this way. Death is too good for him. Death would put an end. Now, of course, for those of you like myself and others who believe there's a higher place and there's a lower place and he's destined for hell. Okay, fine. Nothing's worth worse than hell conceivably. But in terms of what we're able to grasp physically, him suffering the same fate he subjected countless women to seems more than fair. Again, When I shed a tear or feel a speck of sympathy, I will be the first to let you know. Let me move on to another sports-related story, but nothing like this one. I am sick and tired of people getting on my man Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. It's really beginning to piss me off. This dude, Damian Lillard, is one of the greatest players in the game today. Outside of Steph Curry, I want somebody to tell me a point guard they'd rather have with the marksmanship that he puts on display. I'm looking at this guy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years in Portland. He is 32 years of age. He turns 33 this week, July 15th to be exact. He averaged 32.2 points a game last year. I'm not, he's not only closed out people, he sent people home. He sent Russell Westbrook home in the playoffs and waved goodbye to him after shooting the three over Paul George. He has sent Dwight Howard and James Harden home. I told you, Paul George, along with various others. This brother is something special. But more importantly than that, He's been loyal. Pacific Northwest, barely getting any notoriety. This man wanted to stay in Portland all of these years, never wanted to leave. His family loves being there. He loves being there. Never asked to be traded or anything like that. Everybody had begged him, including myself, to leave years ago. He refused. Actually got mad at some of us when we were telling him to get the hell up out of there. And now that he finally gumption up the nerve to say, okay, this is a reclamation project. It's rebuilding. You, you drafted Scoot Henderson. He's a young talent. He's going to be spectacular. We can move on with me. I'd like to go to Miami. Everybody dogging him. Did it ever occur to y'all? They talk about, I've heard radio hosts talk about, well, you know, he signed a contract. Let him play out his contract. Then he can go where he wants. Wait a minute. Other stars got themselves out of a situation. And did it ever occur to y'all that it was an understanding with the Portland Trailblazers? Look, I'll sign. Now, rather than leave now, meaning years ago. But if I do so, okay, when I want to leave, we going to let me go. Who told you Portland didn't make that promise? 
Who told you Portland didn't say, we never want to lose you, but when you want to leave, man, we definitely going to facilitate you moving on the way out because of the loyalty and the commitment you've given us for over a decade. Who said that they didn't do that? Why are we treating him like this dude's a pariah? Oh, he's going out the wrong way. What the hell you mean? You mean averaging 32.2 points per game and barely having any kind of help whatsoever because you got a young squad around him that ain't ready? This brother finally getting to a point where, guess what? Father time creeping up. I'm trying to win a championship. I want to be in Miami with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and a culture led by Pat Riley with one of the greatest coaches ever in Eric Spolstra. That's a problem? That's a problem. What you want him to do? Stay up there in the the rain in Portland? Missing the playoffs? Being home every April? Watching inferior players on various teams continue to pursue a championship because they're in a better situation? You've had ample time if you're the Portland Trailblazers to put forth a package that would have been suitable for him to go someplace like Miami. You can get multiple picks. You can get a Tyler Hero and a Duncan Robinson. And I'm not saying they equate to Damian Lillard, but you're going young anyway. You rebuild it anyway. You ain't winning with him anyway. What's the problem? Now, I don't know whether he's going to stay or not. Because they can't get a deal done. They better get a deal done. He better not be there. He should be in Miami. But if for some, by some happenstance, they don't get a deal done, that's on them. But I'll tell you this much. People need to stop vilifying him. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's been very dedicated to the organization. How dedicated would you to fielding a winning team? Now, maybe I'm not going to say Portland didn't try. Maybe you just ain't that damn good at it yet. You will be. I believe in the organization, but he's earned the right to want to go. Let him go. On another note, if you're San Antonio, I do not blame you for not letting go of Greg Popovich. Five years, $80 million. That's the deal that Greg Popovich just agreed to. Okay? Making him the highest paid basketball coach. Okay? If you you remember recently... um, Greg Popovich, I'm sorry, Monty Williams signed a deal with Detroit. One of the things that Monty Williams was happy about was the $78 million deal that he got. He knew it was going to set the market for coaches who accomplished more than him. Greg Popovich is a five-time champion. Greg Popovich has mentored many coaches. Greg Popovich, I affectionately call the biggest phony in sports because people think he's this truculent, no-good individual. You couldn't be further from the truth. He's a great man. And a great person who loves the people he loves strongly and protects them at all costs. I'm not one of those people. I don't have that kind of relationship with them. But I know him well enough and I know far too many people who vouch for his character for him to be talked about like that. He's one of the great ones. He's 74 years old and he turned 74 in January, turned 75 in January. He still has the energy. He obviously has the knowledge and the know-how. He's a great, great coach and a great man. He's earned the right to get that contract from the San Antonio Spurs. And I am happy that he did. Back with your calls and messages to close out the show in a minute. You're listening to the Stephen A. Smith Show live and in living color. 
This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show again. The subscribers are jumping up, jumping up, jumping up. Really, really appreciate the love. Over 3,500 people are watching live as we speak. I want those numbers to increase as well. Feel free to subscribe to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Make sure to click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. Keep bringing the support. I will keep bringing you the shows. Thank you so much. There's no me without y'all. I really, really appreciate the support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, usually I don't have shows on... Um, Tuesday, there will be an exception tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, you'll see my taped interview with former two-term governor of New Jersey and Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie. So I want y'all all to make sure y'all tune in to get an indication of what's to come. Take a look at this for a brief second. Do you feel that folks on the left can be reached? I sure I do. And look, there are going to be some who can't, Stephen. And the same way there'll be some on the right who can't be reached. But what you want to do is to grab those people who are willing to listen. And I do believe there are people inside the Democratic Party who want to solve problems and are willing to listen. That's the job of the president. The job of the president is to use the bully pulpit of the presidency, to use your own powers of persuasion, to be able to work with people. Um, to get to a good result that, that if not everybody's going to be thrilled with, people are going to be satisfied with represents progress. In New Jersey, I used to call it putting touchdowns in the end zone, mm. Stephen. You know, you, you, you're not going to always run the exact perfect play. It's not going to always be pretty. But if the ball winds up in the end zone, six points go up on the scoreboard. And by the way, I cannot believe I got through, you know, a 45-minute conversation with you without one question. About the Dallas Cowboys. You know I'm not asking you a question about that. Listen, I mean, we don't want to contaminate you. We don't want to sit up there and have you associated with a team that's not going to win. You're trying to win, ain't you? The Dallas Cowboys ain't going to help you. Well, they are America's team, Stephen. Yeah, know. and why is that? Are you cool with that? They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1995. How are you cool with that, man? That's been over 30. I mean, my, my goodness, man. It's, how many years has it been? 28 years? Yeah, it's been 28 years. But the star is on the helmet. Oh my God. And it's a hole in the roof. So God can watch his favorite team on Sunday. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Okay. Good luck. Congrats. Governor Chris Christie, presidential candidate Chris Christie. Early. Um, he's obviously behind in the polls, wants to get on that debate stage and um in uh August with the other Republican candidates. Um, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, um, Vivek Ramaswamy along with uh, Ron DeSantis and others. Trump's not expecting to show up, but who knows whether or not he'll change his mind. He's got a big lead. He doesn't have to show up. We'll see what happens. Uh, but you'll find, to, you'll find very, very compelling banter from Governor Christie because he ain't afraid to say what's on his mind. He ain't afraid to talk about Trump, DeSantis, or anybody else. And we want to know what everybody feels, and we want to know what abundance of them feels. All of them are invited on both sides. President Biden's welcome to come on. Kamala Harris is welcome to come on. Um, Gavin Newsom, the governor for California, the highest tax state in the union. I mean, he's welcome to come on. Um, all the Republican candidates are welcome to come on. I mean, I, I'm not running from anybody. 
You're not running from anybody, you know, because it's not about challenging them. It's about getting them on a record about what they feel, what their belief is about what's going to turn this country around and what they're going to do about it and have them on the record. And then the aficionados uh, like my brother Roland Martin and Dr. Michael Eric Dyson to Sean Hannity and Mark Levin to Karen Hunter and Joe Madison, the Black Eagle and various others. They know a hell of a lot more than me as it pertains to politics. OK, I watch, I read, I, I try to be as learned as I possibly can. I am no Candace Owens or Cornell West or any of the names that I mentioned, but I know how to ask questions. Questions that you want to know. And you want the answer to. And so tune in. Stephen A. with Governor Chris Christie. Tomorrow on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Right here on YouTube. Um, Harry Styles. Musician. Um, artist. Hit in the face with an object. The latest. Drake was hit before. B.B. Rexa was hit before. Carly Ballerini was hit on stage before. Adele warned anybody she'd kill him if they did it to her. Um, the security business should, should really be thriving. Folks need more security. Um, and we don't advocate violence, and we certainly don't want anybody killed, losing their life or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is some people need to get their ass kicked. There's not enough ass kicking in this world today. It really isn't. That's really the problem. People get away from it. You'd be amazed. Don't y'all notice that when people have stuff happen to them, it's never somebody like The Rock. It's never anybody like that. It's never Goldberg. It's never an Israel out of Sonya. It's not John Bones Jones. It's not Francis Ngannou. It's not Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. It's always people that you know, in all likelihood, can't whip your ass. That is why we were all upset as black folks at Will Smith. If Will Smith had gone on stage while Mike Tyson was doing a presentation or The Rock Johnson was doing a presentation or somebody like that and slapped them, we'd be like, damn, he's really upset. We say he's really upset. It was the fact that you slapped the dude 60 pounds lighter than you. That was the problem. But if you had slapped somebody that could whip your ass. We would have went like this. He's really very angry. He's very upset. I mean, he must have really, really lost it. We, we, we got to pray for Will Smith because, you know, he, he, what, why would you do that? We would have felt bad for him. We would have been like, a psychological evaluation might be necessary, you know, because that's not, that's not smart. Why would he do that? We wouldn't have been mad at him because he would have got his ass kicked. Okay? Who's that cat, the actor I like so much, Michael J? Um, Damn. No, you see, did he just say Michael J. Fox? That's just ignorant. I mean, we know he ain't going to, no, no, no disrespect. Okay. Um, no, Michael, uh, damn it. He's an actor, martial artist, do MMA stuff. I mean, he, he's no joke. I remember his name. It'll come to me. The point is, he was asked, what if Will Smith had done that to him? He was like, stop, stop. Because he knows. Will wouldn't have made it back to his seat. It, 
Michael Jai White. That's him. Michael Jai White. I like him too. Respect that brother. But he's absolutely right. Will wouldn't have made it back to his seat. You would have seen Jada come running out. Oh my God. Oh my God, are you okay? Why would you do this to my husband? That's what would have happened to him. It's about who you do it to. Some people deserve to ask it. I, you know, I'm not talking about Will. I'm talking about these people doing stuff on stage. Anyway, congratulations. Uh, also, first time in NBA history, 10 NBA picks have black agents. The first 10 NBA picks all had black agents. When Bignana with Boonan and Daya, uh, Brandon Miller with Wilma Jackson, uh, Scoot Henderson with um, represented, represented by Parley Sports and Entertainment, Steve Haney, Amin Thompson, um, and his brother, Asar Thompson, both represented by Gap Sports Group's Troy Thompson, Anthony Black, Orlando Magic, represented by my brother Bill Duffy for William Morris Endeavor. Balai Kulabali, represented by Comports uh, Ndaye, who also represents Wimbenyana. Therese Walker for the Pacers, represented by Bill Duffy and Joe Branch. Taylor Hendricks, Utah Jazz, represented by the Raymond Brothers. I am Sports and Entertainment's Raymond Brothers and Kaysen Wallace, Oklahoma City Thunder, represented by XL Sports Management's Marcus Monk. Uh, diverse representation also lists the players selected. Um, also, Webiana, that, that represented by Comport Sports, I said that as well. Okay, so congratulations to all of y'all. Brothers getting in the sports agent business. It's a beautiful thing. No problem there. Let's go to the, to the calls or to the messages. Let's go there before I get on out of here for the day, please. What you got for me, guys? Hey, Stephen A. It's Ashley from Minnesota. I got a question. First time I'm with a group of guys, and we're talking about our favorite movies, everyone goes nuts about my favorite movie, White Chicks. They go nuts because they think it is not a good movie at all. And to me, it's my favorite movie. It makes me laugh. It makes me cry. I can watch it all day, every day, no matter what. What do you think about that? I don't agree with you. I didn't like it. You know why? Because they didn't look white. They looked pasted. Okay, that, that, so let's get that out the way. Um, these are the Wayans, Marlon and his brother. But I love the Wayans. I'm a huge fan. Mad respect to the family business. Okay, Keenan, Damon and the crew, special brothers. Um, and they've done a lot for black folks in the industry. And they deserve far more props than they're ever given. They will always get love from me. I just wasn't feeling white chicks that much. That's all. I liked Marlon. I'm in the movie, the recent movie with Ben Affleck and um, uh, Matt Damon about Jordan. I liked, I liked Marlon Wayans in that movie. I'll tell you that much. Next caller, what's up? What's up, Steven? It's, uh, it's your boy Austin again. Um, I was wondering if I'm on a dry spell right now, you know, with, with the females, with the ladies, you feel me? What do I got to do to get out of this dry spell, man? It's, it's been going on a, you know, nice, you know, 19 years without any play, man. So, uh, what? To tell me, I need you to, you know, tell me what to do to get out of this dry spell. Cause I'm only 19 years old. And, uh, it, oh, it's looking pretty. Oh, you're only 19 right years now. old. Uh, 
not looking too good. So okay, stop, 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 stop cut, 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 cut them off. First of all, these messages are too damn long. I'm limiting y'all to 20 seconds from now on. Y'all getting on my damn nerves with these long ass messages. Stop it. Stop it. Get to your point. Secondly, you sound high. You sound high. Either high or you were high and just getting out of it. That's how you sound. Okay. I don't know whether it's true or not, but that's how you sound. Thirdly, you scared the living hell out of me because you indicated that it's been 19 year drought. Like it's 19 years you've been without. I was like, yo, you just don't have it, brother. You just don't have it. Ain't no excuse for no 19 year drought. But you said you're 19 years old. So first of all, you're lying. It's not a 19-year-old drought, 19-year drought. What, you wanted a woman when you were one? And then five? And then eight? Hell's wrong with you. Stop being stupid, okay? Now, let's get to the nitty-gritty. Probably got horny by the time you're about 13, 14 years old. So, and you don't need to be doing anything before you're 16 or so. So I'm going to say a three-year drought. You don't have game. Here's why you don't have game. Because you put them to sleep before you even get a chance to be around them. Listen to how you talk. Where's your energy? Where's your vibrancy? Where's your interest, man? I mean, damn, you've got to interest them in you. you got to give off some energy to get some, to get some energy. That's what you got to do. You can't sound lethargic and, and, and like you got to be awakened. You know, my sister once had a boyfriend and... um. Not Carmen. I'm not going to say my sister's name because the guys go already going to know I'm talking about him. I'm not going to say his name either. But I can talk about him because I didn't like him. Okay? I'm not going to say his name, but I didn't like him. And I didn't want my sister with him under any circumstances. This was him. It could be a party going on. Everybody's having a good time. Hey, man, what's up? Hi. What's going on, man? How's life? It's not really that good. Well, damn, what's the matter? Everything. I said, oh, get rid of his ass. I mean, he just, 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 just bring you down. Remember that movie Silver Lining? When Bradley Cooper's talking to his boy and his boy is talking about his wife. She brings me down, man. Remember when he did that? That's what he did to everybody he encountered. No energy, no life, no vibrancy, just negativity. Nothing about him made you laugh. You got depressed. You was damn near ready to slit your wrist being around him. He had to go. I told my sister, I said, I said listen, he can't be good. He can't be good because you got to be turned on before something actually happens. I mean, damn, get rid of him. It ain't going to be a loss. And she listened. So one time my sister listened. I was very proud of her because he needed to go. Next call. That's how you sound, bro. You don't need to be that way. Next call. Hi, Stephen A. Hey, hey. Ingrid Wilkins. All right. I'm calling you from Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. Got a quick question. Okay. Do you think Hurry people up. of color should uh, have a large exodus back to Africa and make it great again? <sighs> and if so, how and why? And and what do you actually think about that? Uh, what would be good uh, and what would be bad about that? Thank okay. First of all, we got to... <clears throat> We have to grow up a little bit. <clears throat> this is the United States of America. And regardless of what we want to say about it, there are other countries, other habitats that look pristine, look fabulous, seem to be great, et cetera, et cetera. And that's true. But there's a reason millions of people want to come to the United States of America because it's the land of opportunity. I know that's dwindling before our very eyes and we got to get our act together. But the fact of the matter is that is the case. That's first of all. <clears throat> 
Secondly, as black as black folks in the United States of America, we got to stop acting like Africa would want us. Seriously. We got to stop acting like Africa would want us. What have we actually done for them? We come over here, do I mean, the fact of the matter is we we came over here the wrong way. We understand we came over here in slave ships. We understand the history. We know that white folks aren't completely absolved. We know what their role was. But it doesn't absolve us from what we've become. I told you, we're killing each other. We're becoming an endangered species. Homicide rates, we number one. We tie for number one in the percentage of space we take up in the jail cells throughout the United States of America. We're killing our own. Not to say that other races don't, but their numbers are larger than ours, so they ain't the endangered species we are. We're not respecting one another. Don't get me started with how we treat our elders. What makes you think Africa would want us back? And by the way, the mass exodus that you're talking about, how are we going to put that together? Because we got to look out for one another in order to do that. The only thing we ever come together about is when we're voting for the Democratic Party. Because they've gotten about 90 plus percent of our vote for the last 50 plus years. Outside of that, we can't agree on anything. What makes you think Africa would want us? We have to do better. We, me, you, anybody black. And we have to be appealing and attractive enough for folks in Africa to want us back. Assuming we'd want to go. Just a thought. Two more calls before I get on out of here. Who's next? Uh, my name is Price, calling out of Cleveland, Ohio. One question for you here. Um, if you had a team in the finals, would you take Eric Sprostrol? or Steve Kerr to coach that team. The only reason why I ask is Kerr has never proved anything outside of Steph Curry. Um, and then Eric Sprostel has proved constantly to get in the playoffs regardless of who's there. So just let me know. I, I would tell you it's a tough call because I get your point about Eric Spolster playing seven undrafted players, getting to the finals, doing the things that he's been doing. He's a phenomenal coach, no question about it, and a two-time champion. But how am I going to take anybody off of Steve Kerr? If you're going to throw shade on Steve Kerr, then you got to throw shade on Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson didn't have Kobe or Jordan. He had them both. And Shaq. And Pippen. And Rodman. And Gasol. If you're going to throw shade on Steve Kerr, you got to throw shade on Phil Jackson. And I ain't throwing any shade on the 11-time champion. That's Phil Jackson who won six with Chicago and five with L.A. He's Phil Jackson. Now, I despise him as an executive. He should be banned from the city of New York with the job he did with the Knicks. But as a coach, he's an all-timer. There's no denying it. Steve Kerr is one of the top five coaches in the history of basketball. And I've watched this man make adjustment after adjustment after adjustment to peel out the greatness that existed on his team. It ain't just about Steph Curry. It's about positioning Steph Curry to achieve the success that he has achieved. It's about utilizing Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. And if Jordan Poole didn't get knocked out by Draymond Green, who knows what kind of season they would have had this year, and they still got to the semifinals of the Western Conference playoffs. So let's play some respect to Steve Kerr, a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal basketball mind and a winner, one in Chicago, one in San Antonio, and then one as a coach 
in Golden State. And by the way, would have won as an executive in Phoenix if Mike D'Antoni had listened to him and bring on Tom Thibodeau to handle their defense. They had won a championship with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion and Joe Johnson and those boys. They had won a championship. Steve Kerr is a hell of a basketball mind. And by the way, another good man. Might break his clipboard, get an attitude from time to time and all of this other stuff. He's a good man. He's a good man whose heart is usually in the right place and a phenomenal coach in basketball mind. I love Steve Kerr. And I've never said that about him before, but it is true. I do love him as a human being. And just as an aside, he was one of the first people to approach me after my mom died to give me his condolences. i never forgotten that. He's a good man. Last call. Who's this? This is Trevon from Washington, D.C. Mr. Smith, Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl championships and Michael Jordan has six NBA championships. Both are conceived as the GOAT in their respective sports. But among those two, who do you believe is the bigger goat. Peace and love. And the New York Knicks. <laughs> I know you ain't laughing at me. Your ass lives in D.C. What the hell y'all want? Redskins had to change their name. And their owner had to hide in London before he sold the team because he was humiliated. Wizards ain't won in forever. National's a different animal, though. To answer your question, for me, it's Michael Jordan. When we talk about GOAT status, I appreciate Tom Brady, but let's call it what it is. His football acumen is phenomenal and his passing of the football is sensational as well. Can't take anything away from him. But at least two or three of those Super Bowls, your defense did it for you. It wasn't Tom Brady. And they should have lost the Super Bowl to the Seattle Seahawks if Pete Carroll and Daryl Bevel didn't go away from beast mode Marshawn Lynch after he got them down to the half-yard line and decided to throw a damn pass over the middle from the half-yard line and get it intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Tom Brady could have easily lost a couple of more Super Bowls. But he's still great. He's phenomenal. I'm throwing no shade on him. But Michael Jordan, having to go through the Pistons and the Lakers in the 80s into the 90s, he beat Magic his first championship although without Kareem and Worthy in them. He beat Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter and Duckworth and all of these boys in Portland. Second championship. Third championship beat Barkley with Kevin Johnson, former man Sacramento, by the way. Also had the crew that they had with, with, with Marley and all of those boys. Retired, came back, and three-peated again. Beat Gary Payton and Sean Kemp before he became Sean Clump twice. And beat Carl Malone. And John Stockton. I'm sorry, he beat them twice, beat Seattle once. Michael Jordan is the greatest. Nine-time all-defensive player, 10-time scoring champion, five-time league MVP, six-time NBA Finals MVP, averaged over 30 numerous seasons in his career, was the marquee and showed up. Didn't miss too many games. Wasn't no load management when he was playing. It's Michael Jordan, baby.
It's Michael Jordan all day, every day. And that includes over LeBron. I got to get on out of here. I thank y'all for sticking with me. I enjoyed the show today. I hope you did so as well. Nothing but love for you. Appreciate the love and support. Keep it coming. I'll be back with you on Wednesday. Same bad time, same bad channel. All right? Until then, peace and love, everybody. I'm out. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.